1: Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcasts. My name is John Boccacino, being joined, of course, by our colleague Jamie D'Amico here on the podcast. And Jamie, we're sitting here recording this on Easter Sunday. Happy Easter to you and yours.
2: Happy Easter to you and everyone out there.
1: I know it's been an unusual time for our Bills fans, and we'll have a lot of draft talk coming up in future podcasts. We're going to touch a little bit today on the draft and some positions of need for the Bills. We're also going to Have a fun discussion, I feel, about the running back position and some veterans uh, who might get cut or traded away uh, based on how and what Buffalo does with their seven draft picks. But, Jamie, we're sitting here and uh, the virtual draft is set to begin in less than two weeks, which should be interesting to watch how everything all comes together from the Bills' perspective. Brandon Bean has said he would draft in his car uh, if he needed to, which of course prompted a fun series of memes of being in the sunglasses, sitting in the back seat of a fancy car, wheeling and dealing. How um, how do you see uh, you know, the draft and and what Buffalo has? What would you say are the number one, two, and three areas of concern you'd want to see Buffalo go after? with their seven draft picks.
2: Well, you know, it's very interesting what I'm seeing out there. And some of the positions that people are mocking to the bills are not necessarily positions I agree with. And there's others that I think are sneaky needs that they have. And I think that despite all the people in the, in the offensive line room, I think that that is a it's still a major need of the bills. I, I don't think that they have their answer at right tackle. They have bodies, that's for sure. And they're obviously through free agency taking this tactic of, um, you know, bringing in volume. And they're bringing in people on very nice contracts. But at the same time, I, we, I think Cody Ford is presenting a problem right now because even though they're speaking like he's going to be their right tackle going forward, None of us are convinced that he can handle that. And at the same time, can the play of the two guards be improved upon? And I think that's a possibility too. Um, When you look at the depth that they have, guys like Ryan Bates and Ike Betker, I'm convinced that those can be improved upon. So I think offensive line is is a major need. Um, Defensive line. I I see defensive end being a, a major need as well. Um, I've got others in mind, but what, what do you think about those? Before I you know grab too much of the microphone here.
1: Yeah, you know I feel like we've we've talked about this a bit there in the off season with the offensive line position. I'm higher on Quinton Spain than you are. I wouldn't mind seeing John uh, seeing Spencer Long go by the wayside, even though he's versatile. I think the Bills have enough versatile pieces where. Uh, his contract could be could be let go of without being too much of a financial, you know, financial hit on the Buffalo Bills. I actually feel like the Bills have a good rotation right now when it comes to the defensive end. Maybe they, I'm sure they'll pick somebody up in the draft, but I'm really happy so far with Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, Quinton Jefferson, um, and you know, Trent Murphy, who's teaser alert for later in this podcast is one of the guys I feel like is expendable. Um, no breaking news there, you know, with his contract and underperforming so far during, you know, especially last year outside of the Texans playoff game, he really left much to be desired when it came to his productivity. So for me, I feel like the biggest areas of need that the bills have are, um, yes, we, another running back to add to the running back room would be nice because you read through the list of guys on the roster. And so far it's Devin Singletary, TJ Yeldon. And then Taiwan Jones and Christian Wade, everyone's favorite practice squad player, who I'm sorry, is too far away, in my opinion, to get serious cracks at being a backup uh, running back. He still needs a lot of seasoning and a lot of experience, I feel like, before he can be considered part of the equation. So I would go running back as an area of need. I would say offensive line. They could definitely use another guard to add to the mix. Um, the tackle position is interesting because I feel like what Buffalo did bring in Daryl Williams, uh, really means that there's a lot of pressure on cody ford to produce uh with daryl williams breathing down his neck as a very solid uh veteran to push for snaps at the tackle position and then i would say another area where um, buffalo you know still could bring in some bodies still could add some position um talent you know i wouldn't mind seeing another linebacker you know try to come in through the draft a younger guy because a lot of these areas on the need for rosters for the linebackers are, you know, you've got Tremaine Edmonds and you got Matt Milano. Tyler Madikiewicz is mostly special teams. A.J. Klein got a bloated contract. He's good against the run, but he's not really that great against the pass. And then there's a lot of question marks. Nobody knows what Voshan Joseph is really going to be able to contribute. He seems to impress people um, during the preseason, but he has yet to really show himself to be capable of on the field. So I'd say linebacker is another area where the Bills could really make an improvement.
2: That was a position that I defined as a very sneaky need for this team. If you're looking at the at the depth that they have uh, outside of O'Shawn Joseph, we're also looking at Del'Shawn Phillips and Corey Thompson seems like a decent backup. And then there's Tyrell Dodson on the roster. You can't tell me that a couple of these guys couldn't be improved upon. Because we're at the point where we're looking at roster construction. And part of what you do in roster construction is you start hedging. You stack guys at positions because you expect that you're going to lose somebody. And the buzz right now is maybe they're not going to be able to re-sign Matt Milano. So yeah, AJ Klein, to me, is to the positive side of average. But I don't think you're going to get an awful lot out of him. And frankly. You know, that's the that's the kind of guy that eventually I, I think you want to replace with somebody in uh, on their on rookie contract. So, yeah, linebacker to me all along has been a, a sneaky need. They, they could especially use somebody who can rush the passer uh, that can play outside linebacker. Um, the other one that I'm looking at, mostly because the Bills, they obviously love their veterans and corner. I think you've got a bunch of veterans playing opposite Trey White. We don't know if EJ Gaines is going to stay on the field and, you know, due to his injury history. And also, um, Josh Norman, he's a bit of a wild card because he was pretty abysmal when he played in Washington and was not the player that we saw the all pro in Carolina. So if he doesn't have anything left, we're going to need to have some competition in that room.
1: Yeah, the quarterback spot. And and I like EJ Gaines coming back. Um, I know the, the, the big question with him is, of course, health and whether he can stay healthy. He hasn't played 16 games, a full 16 game schedule in a couple of years. But, you know, you notice and, and this is the theme, I think, Jamie, for a lot of what we've talked about with both the Bills offseason signings. And with what they're going to do heading into, again, a very truncated and unusual uh, preseason schedule with the fact that the coronavirus is forcing all of this uncertainty. I mean, there's not going to be, you know, nothing's going to happen in May. Uh, Nothing's probably going to happen in June, most likely when it comes to mandatory mini camps and rookie mini camps and OTAs. You're going to have a very condensed schedule for what these teams and players are going to have time to get ready for the 2020 season. If the season even happens at all, there's still a bunch of schools of thought out there about, you know, you read and this is not even getting into the fans part of it, people being in the stands and playing games in empty stadiums, but we just don't know what is going to happen. You know, you're hearing news about the curve getting flattened and some progress being made in some of the harder hit areas, but this is just one big quagmire and football Obviously, it's a nice distraction for a lot of us. It's not life or death. So if if it comes down to if the season does get wiped out, that would really be unfortunate. But I feel the Bills are preparing themselves as best they can if that situation arises because they're bringing in guys who are extremely familiar with their system and with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. And that's why you look at a Darrell Williams, you look at an EJ Gaines, you look at a Vernon Butler or a Mario Addison. Most of the guys that Buffalo has brought in this offseason have some familiarity with what Buffalo likes to run and their tendencies. Therefore, they'll be able to adjust and there won't be as steep of a learning curve as there would a normal veteran free agent coming in and learning a system and the technology and the terminology, you know, brand new from day one. So I feel like that's everything Buffalo has done has been geared towards. Being in a best case scenario for when we come out of this coronavirus and, you know, the areas of need at Josh Norman, like Buffalo knows him well from the time in Carolina. I have no expectations for Josh Norman to do anything this year. I mean, I hope he does well. I hope he has a bounce back season. There's a great article by Joe Biscalia talking about why we need to give him another break, because he really was in a poor situation and a poor scheme where he just didn't quite fit uh, with his strengths, you know, in Washington. So I think that's definitely an area of need for sure uh, for the Bills to go after with the cornerback. And you look at the picks that Buffalo has. You know, we traded away the 22nd overall pick to land Stephon Diggs, a move that looks smarter and smarter by the day in my book. Given both the fact that they wouldn't be able to get one of the top two or three receivers like a Giroudi or a C.D. Lamb uh, with that pick, or a Rugs at that point, you know Buffalo would have to trade some picks to move up from 22. So you get a guy who's a commodity in Stefan Diggs, Buffalo doesn't have a first round pick. Their first pick is at 54. Now I've seen a lot of people talking about running back being a possibility at 54. Um, edge rushers have come up at 54. There's been even some offensive lineman projections out there. If you had to guess, Jamie, with that 54th pick, your are Brandon Bean, what position would you target first and foremost?
2: Can I start by telling you what position I absolutely would not draft? Lay it on me. All right. Running back. I hear that coming up repeatedly, and it's it's actually getting my my short hairs to stand up because the Bills have a starter and a very good starter at that, Devin Singletary. The guy can play; he showed that last year. And with the way that offenses are going, you don't see too many running backs run the ball more than twenty game twenty times a game. And let me let me point something out to you here. The names, Chris Carson, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Philip Lindsey. Those are all guys that rushed for over a thousand yards last year and were drafted on day three, or they weren't drafted at all in the case of Philip Lindsey. So if you're looking for a backup and you also look at the history of the Buffalo Bills bringing in guys late or free agents like Carlos Williams in the fifth round or Mike Gillisley as a backup who was a... Uh, Uh, who was an undrafted free agent. There's quality players out there. So taking one in the second round would just be wasteful because there's much more pressing needs on this team. And I know, I know that you need to go with the best player available. And that's regardless of position, with the exception of a couple of them, I think that that's what you have to do, the way the bills are constructed right now. But in my heart of hearts, I think that you're going to see Buffalo probably draft the edge rusher. If I'm Brandon Bean, that's where I want to go.
1: Look, I've seen a lot of prognosis. Jamie and I don't pretend to be college football experts. You know, if you want that type of expertise, go to Nick and Nolan's podcast. You know, you should be listening to them anyway. Go to Breaking Buffalo Rumblings with Anthony Marino. He has done a fantastic job with the mock draft Mondays and his podcast expertise when it comes to the draft. We are just giving it to you from a realness perspective of where Buffalo could use some help. And as enticing as a Jonathan Taylor out of Wisconsin or a J.K. Dobbins might be as a really talented running back that Buffalo could go after. And and Dobbins is tremendous out of Ohio State. He'd be an awesome addition to the backfield. I would much rather see them bring in somebody who can help with the offensive line again, or even the defensive line, because a lot of the people that Buffalo have on the defensive ends, there's not really that developmental prospect, somebody who can plug in and, and, and develop for the time when Jerry Hughes does leave this roster or when they end up moving on you know, from Trent Murphy or one of the other veterans out there. I think if they can get an edge rusher Obviously those guys are, are, are precious and they're a tough commodity to come by, but you know, there's guys out there who could really help this team with pick 54. And I would say either somebody on the interior part of the offensive line, somebody who can play defensive end, maybe even a wide receiver, another wide. I don't think they'll use 54 at wide receiver, but I could see another receiver being selected to replace your boy, Isaiah McKenzie as wide receiver four or they could go after cornerback as a dark horse position. But those are kind of my thoughts, Jamie, on what Buffalo can do with one of their first two picks, which again, Buffalo has picked 54 in the second round, and then they have in the third round, it's picked 86, and then they have picked 128 moving up after that in the fourth round. So I'm sure you'll see a lot of mobility and movement. But Jamie, I'm glad you brought up the running back position because I think this segues pretty nicely into we want to talk about veterans that might be traded or cut that right now seem to maybe have a grasp on a position, but based on what Buffalo does in the draft with their picks might become expendable. And you know what? We talked about this and I want to put you on the spot right away because you don't seem to be very happy um, with the running back position right now. So give me your thoughts besides Devin Singletary. Of course, we love motor. We think he's a fantastic running back one. What are your thoughts, Jamie, on the guy who currently is number two on the depth chart TJ yelled
2: just not a guy that I am comfortable with as a number two. Uh, Yeldon, he's a third down back. He really has never, he's really never produced all that much. I know he was a starter in Jacksonville, but, you know, he rushed for 700 yards as a rookie and has been less and less ever since then to the point that they eventually cut him. Uh, the guy's got great hands, but he's also a fumbler. And, that's just not something that I'm terribly comfortable with. I think there's a reason you saw him inactive. And he offers absolutely nothing on special teams. So that's why he was inactive for most of the season for the Bills. And I just see that there's a possibility to improve upon him. I, I don't think you need to keep him on the roster. I know he's not making an awful lot of money, but this seems like the kind of person that that Brandon Bean is good at flipping for a, a day three draft pick.
1: Yeah, I could see TJ Yeldon being one of the guys who gets traded. But I want to take you back, Jamie, to something you mentioned about the ball security. And I have to give a lot of credit to Sean Murphy with Buffalo Rumblings. Um, He came up and did the research and found out that when it comes to ball security and and TJ Yeldon, it's not true that he has a major fumbling problem. And here's what I'm going to lay on you. It might seem like he does. And last year he had a couple of fumbles with the Bills but in 666 career touches the guy has 6 fumbles. Now is that more than you'd like to see? Maybe a little bit, but I don't think that's out of the realm of ordinary and and and, and the possibility for running backs. That's not terrible to me, you know. If you're talking about one out of every 111 touches, which is what TJ Yeldon's fumble ratio is, I don't, that's not bad at all to me. And I think the guy has, listen, we all go back to the pass catching ability and he's definitely a good receiver out of the backfield when given a chance to catch the ball. He doesn't bring anything in special teams. I totally get that, which is why whoever the bills bring in, if they bring in a veteran or if they draft somebody for the running back room, they have to be able to contribute on special teams because TJ Yeldon does not do much of that at all. But I think, honestly, much is being made. Much ado is being made about nothing when it comes to Buffalo after Devin Singletary. You, you read a lot of the blogs, you hear the opinions, and people think there's a black hole at RB2. I think Yeldon is more than serviceable, and I wouldn't be disappointed if Buffalo took the best player available strategy and did not go for a Dobbins or a, a Taylor when it came to the running back room and instead addressed, again, the interior offensive line or the defensive end position, but to me, I'm I, I guess with upon further review, I'm not as disillusioned with what Buffalo has at RB two. If if Yeldon's the guy,
2: if given the choice of keeping TJ Yeldon or drafting a running back at number two, or well, second round, I should say, I'm keeping TJ Yeldon because I think it's a better better value. Uh, but he had a couple of fumbles last year, right? I mean, officially, the stats say he fumbled once. I think officially he had, yeah,
1: he had one official fumble. Um, There was, I think he had one pass out of the backfield that he dropped before he ever had a chance to catch it and run with it. And he wasn't given a lot of opportunities, which is mystifying when you think about how Frank Gore really struggled outside of the first month of the year last year.
2: Yeah, he had 30 touches last year. So, yeah. Anyway, Um, that's... uh I, I think my issue. I, I did bring up the fumbles as as an issue because that that is something that gets passed around. But really, my lack of comfort with him comes when he's being handed the ball. He just doesn't seem to have the vision. He doesn't seem to pick the right hole. I don't think he's a. I don't think he's that talented of a runner. He doesn't seem to have the physical traits that if you're not going to be a guy who can find the hole, you can still plow ahead either by strength or straight out acceleration um, so he's I, I think they can do better let's put it that way hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the Priceline app today Your savings are waiting.
0: Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price Priceline.
1: Well, hey, the Bills have some picks out there. They have seven of them to go after. Another running back, again, if they want to add. I'm fine bringing in another running back to serve, again, with a committee of Yeldon and Singletary, but I just think Singletary and Yeldon is not as bad of a one-two punch uh, as is being made. And you can always, you mentioned it earlier, you can find running backs in round three, round four, round five that can really contribute to this team, again, for a Buffalo Bills squad that seems to have very few glaring weaknesses, which is a nice position to be in compared to, uh, to years past. Now, Jamie, as we know, there's always players that seem like they're entrenched in a roster spot and they ended up getting cut or getting traded due to circumstances. Who are you looking at on this roster who you feel could be someone who is, if you want to go quote unquote surprise or a cut or a trade candidate, who's at the top of your list?
2: I think that one of Spencer Long or John Feliciano is probably not going to be on the roster come opening day. I I think that they're probably going to find that that position is a little bit pinched because I think Cody Ford is going to get moved inside. And then that's going to make those two players redundant. They both are able to play both guard positions and center. If you have Cody Ford moving to the inside, and I'm not sure that they would give up on him quite yet at tackle. We'll see. But if that happens... I think one of those guys is going to find themselves out the door. Who who are you thinking of?
1: My top candidate is not somebody on the offensive line, but I'll get to that in a little bit with what my thoughts are on the offensive line because I feel like that's an area of strength, especially with a couple of recent moves for the Bills. They could deal away, and there's always injuries that pop up during training camp where teams need bodies to fill in on the offensive line. But to me, Trent Murphy is the number one guy who I feel like should either be cut or traded. He doesn't have a lot of trade value. He'd be more of a salary cap saving space situation. They could free some money up to, again, go after re-signing Deion Dawkins or Matt Milano or, please, dear God, bring back Trey White. I know the Bills are going to find everything every way possible to re-sign a talented cornerback out of LSU, but the longer he lingers out there and the more money that was being thrown around to free agent cornerbacks, including Darius Slay this offseason, the more concerned I get of how big his price tag is going to be.
2: And so- Oh man. Yeah. If they wait another two years, they could end up having to pay him 26, 28 million. Dude, it's
1: insane. It's insane how much money cornerbacks are commanding. And Trey's kind of sitting back there being like, I don't get any respect in Buffalo, but that's cool. Our play is going to prove it. If you don't if you don't know what I'm talking about, there was a really interesting uh, video on Instagram Live with Jalen Ramsey where he basically talked about he had Trey White on and a bunch of other players, and uh, Ramsey was trying to get under Trey's skin a little bit about the fact that he has to leave Buffalo if he wants to get some national attention for the great player that he is. And Trey kind of downplayed it, but you can tell that that's still a reputation that a lot of, teams and players feel about Buffalo is that it's kind of a wasteland, but I think they're going to do a lot of good to prove that wrong with all the way, the fact that they're geared for a win now mode uh, coming up in 2020. And one of the biggest ways to bring back Trey white or to address those needs is again, to free up some salary cap space. Trent Murphy to me is a luxury item. I feel like even though some people think he is a harder to replace guy uh, than you would think as far as a cut goes, I just, to me, it's easy they could save $8 million in cap space by getting rid of Trent Murphy. Um, they could ease, they have the positional depth around him. I feel like, especially if they use one of their early draft picks to really replace uh, Trent Murphy's contributions. You know, I still think Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes and Quentin Jefferson is a really nice one, two, three combo at DE. And I like Daryl Johnson as a developmental prospect, the seventh rounder from last year. So if they add one more piece in the draft, I think that Trent Murphy could easily uh, be a a replaceable part, again, not a trade candidate because he doesn't have much value, but a cut candidate to, again, free up valuable cap space. Uh,
2: Another one that I think may end up being cut, not traded this year, and this may surprise people because he was just signed, I think Josh Norman ends up getting cut. I am concerned that what he showed in Washington, while he was definitely miscast, He seemed to not have the athletic ability that he had earlier in his career. So the moment a receiver seems to run past him, he seems to be out of position and unable to recover. Now, that may have been because he was playing in such a terrible situation in Washington and it's where careers have gone to die over the past, what, 20 years or so, but I am thinking that if he looks like he's a step slow, they're probably not going to keep him on the roster. And that's exactly why they have signed EJ Gaines to sort of hedge that bet. Now, EJ Gaines brings in his own set of issues because he has such a hard time staying on the field due to injury. He, frankly, may not even make it through training camp yet again. But if we can get the 2017 EJ Gaines I don't know if there's any reason to keep a Josh Norman if he looks like he's not what he could be.
1: And especially and I'm glad you brought up Josh Norman because I like I I do still think that he is better than how he played in Washington. But the cap hit that he carries, which I think is anywhere between six and eight million based on incentives and how he performs in 2020. And based on the fact that I think Levi Wallace is going to have a bounce back season uh, as well, along with Trey White and EJ Gaines and what the Bills do at the draft at cornerback, you know, Josh Norman could easily be a candidate who is cut. I do feel, though, that Josh Norman is one of those guys who if you talk about a player that has a chip on their shoulder and is determined to bounce back, I could see Josh Norman being that guy. I could see him coming back. With a vengeance improving puke because he's a proud guy. He's an egotistical guy a little bit. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that in Josh Norman loves him some Josh Norman. And he cannot like the fact that his name has been raked over the coals over the last couple of years, again, for not really succeeding in an environment that doesn't suit his strengths. He comes back to a position in Buffalo where he knows the system and he knows the coaches. And I could see him thriving. So while I see Josh Norman as being a guy who could, End up getting cut. I want to go back to the offensive line with my next one because you talked about Spencer Long and John Feliciano. I really feel like the odd man out of the offensive line battle between and Shecky, Cody Ford, and Daryl Williams. Cody Ford's not going anywhere. The Bills invested too much in him with the second-round pick last year. However, Ty and Shecky or Daryl Williams could easily find themselves on the block. And you look at what Brandon Bean has been able to do. He was able to turn a fifth to get a fifth and a sixth rounder for Wyatt Teller and Russell Bodine. If he can work his magic beans with those castoffs on the offensive line, see what I did there. I think he could easily find some value when it comes to re- trading Spencer Long or Tyen Shecky. I think Daryl Williams is going to be a great signing for this offensive line. So I will go Tyen Shecky ends up making his way out of Buffalo as a trade candidate, plus he's 34. There's really not much of a future uh, with him in Western New York and the Bills. So he is my number two guy that I could see being a veteran uh, cut or traded away candidate. And Jamie, because you went first, I'll take you off the hook and I'll go first with my third position and or player. And it comes to the glut of players that Buffalo has at tight end. I just don't see them keeping all the tight ends on the roster spot. And I'm going to go. My guy, and I'm not saying he's a surprise, but he's a veteran. He's somebody who played a lot of snaps last year. Lee Smith, he's my guy. I want either Tyler Croft or Lee Smith to go. And I'll keep Tyler Croft because I think the cap hit is too much to bear. And I think Croft still has some potential to prove as a pass-catching threat. Lee Smith to me, too many penalties, uh, wasn't didn't contribute anything in the receiving game. His blocking left a lot to be desired from my end of it. So if you're asking me. Of the tight ends who Buffalo pairs down, they could save almost $3 million in cap hits by releasing Lee Smith. To me, it's Lee Smith. He's the guy who finds himself on the way out. I could go with Tyler Croft. Again, the Bills could save $4.5 million by releasing him, but I feel like Croft has way more to contribute and makes a much more formidable pair Alongside of Dawson Knox, than Lee Smith would.
2: That was going to be my number three, also, because I'm with you. I just don't think that he contributes enough to warrant his spot on the roster at a $3 million cap hit. So if you remove him at $3 million, if you remove Trent Murphy at eight, now we're up to 11 and then say take a Spencer Long off the roster who's making what is it 3 or 4?
1: Uh Spencer if you if you cut Spencer Long you would save 3.4 million or if you cut my guy or trade my guy Tyan Shecky, you'd save 3.7 so you're roughly around 12 million in savings by getting rid of those three players a combination of those three
2: and then if you add Josh Norman on top of it that's another potential 6 million so they're coming close to you know getting an upward of a $20 million cap savings, which would roll over to next year. And that would be incredibly important for re-signing the young veterans that they have on the roster. It may be a good move. It, it seems like they're going for it this year. I, I don't think that they're looking at the season as a means for uh, trying to save cap money. Because I, I think that they're going to try anything in their power to go as deep in the playoffs as they can. But I don't know, man. I if If you have questionable production, I would rather see the money available for the guys who you know are young stars on this team, like Milano and Trey White.
1: Agreed. Agreed. That's some valuable money that Buffalo could save over there. And again, the players that were saying the Buffalo can trade or cut, it's coming from positions of strength for the most part, where the Bills have done, thanks to their shrewd maneuvering, given themselves good depth where they wouldn't be leaving themselves at a talent deficit, of course what Buffalo does with their seven draft picks coming up in the virtual draft in less than two weeks. will have a, a large role to say in what Buffalo does with their veterans who might get traded or cut away. But for the time being, those are our thoughts. We would love your feedback on who, if you were GM for a day, Who are you getting rid of that's a veteran? Who are you trying to trade away from a position of strength? What are you looking to do with Buffalo's early draft picks in the second, third, and fourth round? We welcome all of your feedback, either by commenting on the story when it posts on buffalorumblings.com, or please get involved with us on social media. On Twitter, Jamie is at the Jamie D'Amico, and I am at John Boccasino, that's B-O-C-C-A-C, I know Jamie, an action packed podcast here on Bill Leave. Had a lot of fun breaking down the Bills news with you. And uh, we hope that you and yours stay safe and stay well as we continue to get through this coronavirus.
2: Hey, man, face masks every time I walk outside, which isn't terribly often these days. I hope everybody else is taking the proper precautions because, man, that's the only way we're going to the only way we're going to get over this thing. We are
1: all in this together. Please stay safe. Please stay well. Please practice safe social distancing. And please come back to Believe for all of your latest Buffalo Bills news. For my colleague, Jamie D'Amico, I am signing off as John Boccasino here on Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast.